What's up, my guy? How are we doing? What's going on? Uh, doing good. Uh, you know, good week of baseball this week. Not really so much for the Yanks, though. I got to tell you, we just got swept no. in Detroit. So that, that that's was a tough not, It was not fun to watch. I'll tell you that. I mean, you guys played baseball, though. The Mets played uh, one game this weekend. Yeah. A lot of fucking rain in New York right now, man. Bro, that's what I heard. I'm over in yeah. Cali, of course. I've heard it's just been, like, terrible. Dude, it's been, like, pretty much nonstop raining since Thursday or Friday night. So, uh, it's not been a fun weekend, you know? That's, <laughs> I've, no, gone, that's I've gone fun. out a little bit, and, um, like, everywhere we go is just downpouring. You can't really walk around. Any- it's, like, it's supposed to be Memorial Day weekend, and it's, like, a nice yeah. weekend. Uh, also, shout out, though, Memorial Day weekend. Um Honor all the troops out there. Hope everyone's uh, thinking about them and how no, much they really uh, – we really appreciate you out there. So uh, thank you for everything. No, definitely. Keeping them in our thoughts and prayers, of, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, tell me your favorite thing you saw this week, last week. So this is actually a pretty cool play. I don't know if you saw it because it wasn't actually an MLB. It was in a college game. Um, oh. So it was Dallas Baptist University. I don't even know if that's like a – big school for baseball or not but um this player cole moore first baseman over there made a really awesome diving play over the fence he was going to his left so he's playing first not over like the outfield fence it's in foul territory oh okay. this dude just fucking sprints and like dives he just happens to be diving like right over the fence it's a really small fence i don't okay. even think he knew it was there i think he was just diving sideways to catch it and yeah. he just happened to go like directly over the fence and made the catch so Dude. It was pretty awesome play, dude. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, that's crazy. Dude, I got to look that up once we're done yeah. recording. That's sick. It's really cool. Yeah. So that was my play. Dude, I'm going to go um, with I, – I feel like everyone's probably seen this play at this point, the Javi Baez play. I'll quickly mm-hmm. recap if anyone hasn't. So he hits a ground ball. It was either short or third. And they have a run, the Cubs have a run there at third. And he just – it gets to the first baseman. He's trying to chase – I feel like I'm doing a shitty job describing it. First baseman catches it, and then he starts chasing down Baez, like, down the first baseline. And Baez just keeps on dancing and, like, killing time. <laughs> and then eventually the Cubs runner, he buys enough time for the Cubs runner to come home. Let me tell you, though, like, great play by Baez. Why didn't the <laughs> Pirates first baseman just step on first? Dude, I don't know. I, I saw it, too, and I was like, man, like, that's a smart play by, by Baez, but, like, I don't really know what was happening there. It was very confusing play to like yeah. watch too. But you know, honestly, look, man, Baez just did what he's doing and the run scored. So Bro, he's a freaking he did smart work. player. Because like this is not yeah. the first time he's pulled some like, oh, no. really smart no, play. Because we remember, I don't know if you remember like back in the WBC days when uh 2017, like he's making fucking tags without looking. He's like doing all this fucking really cool shit. And like, it's shit that he thinks about. Like he was base running. I think he stole home at some point somehow. I mean, mm-hmm. dude, he's just very smart out there. We've seen it in the playoffs too, all the time. Really? Yeah. High IQ player. But yeah. that was, that. Yeah, I, I saw that. And like, yeah, that was kind of amazing. So <laughs> you need your shorts to be. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. Get into a little bit of a standings update. Uh, we're two months into the season now. As of, at the time we're recording, what's uh, what stands out to you? Any surprise teams, teams in trouble? Well, you know what? First of all, I just want to bring up that last year we would be done right now. The season would have been true, over. True, true. So put into perspective that we're only a third of the way in now. So 
very different than last year. Like, I feel like I remember, like, the first couple weeks, a lot of teams were, like, in panic mode, it seemed like, or fans at least, yeah. because they were on the clock for a two-month season. And, like, now it's been two months, and everyone's like, well, wait a minute. We still have four months left. Like, we're good. The trade uh, deadline is not even for two months. So We forgot um, it's, like, a marathon of a season, yeah. Exactly. And, um, you know, there, there are some surprises, though. You know, I think that some more first place teams are what we thought they would be than the last time we did this. Like, uh, right. San, Di- San Diego's in first, not the Giants anymore, although they are still close. They're only half game back. But yeah, um, the White Sox are in first. Um, the Royals were in first last time. I was so, going to say, I feel yeah. like some wacky thing. I, yeah. You know, what was what's kind of funny, though, is that the AL West didn't change at all since last time. Um, like the, true, the true. Are, yeah. The percentages of games back changed, but it goes Oakland, Houston, Seattle, L.A., and Texas. And that's what it was. Not many teams stayed in the same spot as last time. The Yankees are still in third. That's not what I like to see, but whatever. Boston is actually out of first now. Tampa Bay jumped from last to first in our division. Tampa got so hot. They did. And, uh, you know, a couple teams didn't, like Baltimore and Arizona, I think. They, uh, there was a point this past week where combined they had lost like 25 straight games. I saw that. <laughs> that was kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, Baltimore is 16 and a half games back in our division. Arizona's 15 <laughs> games back. I mean, what, what I think is interesting though is your division, man. There are four teams in your division below 500. Dude, I, I was saying this to my friend the other day. I can't tell if like they all suck or is it just like they're all beating up on each other man i you know i gotta think that they're all beating up on each other just because of the players they have i mean yeah what do you think i mean i don't know you're a mess man you watch the division more than i do yeah i i feel like this is like no i'm just looking at like washington like last place six (laughs) games out of first i mean the mets i don't know if you've seen some of the lineups they're throwing out there right now freaking like (laughs) jose peraza and billy mckinney are the ones carrying us and i mean they're up three and a half games right now and you're getting yeah Pete alonzo back you're getting seth lugo back soon i don't know I, it, it surprised me how i mean everyone's within striking distance but how much atlanta philly miami washington are struggling yeah i mean like you know i know you don't want to hear this but realistically the division could be flopped by the end of the season and no one would be surprised I don't oh think. absolutely yeah like i i think the mets are going to stay around first but you know the braves were in last last time or no they were close to last last time and then mm-hmm. you know the marlins hopped up the nationals kind of got cold i think they're all good man i do yeah because a lot of you guys are fucking injury plagued as shit right now too like, uh-huh. you you guys Lots are the right. philly the phillies are too they're a lot of injuries um Right. So that's that's interesting, man. I don't know. That's the best division in baseball, I think, but it's just gonna be tough because everyone beats up on each other. So yeah. What I think yeah. is kind of surprising too right now is the Dodgers. I don't know right. what you think about that. Third place now. I mean games, it's it's kind of the same thing with them, just a lot of injuries. I mean, they finally yeah. got Cody back this past weekend. Right, that was big. Still looking for bullpen pieces. I mean, you lost Dustin May. Corey yeah. Seager's out now. So, yeah, I mean, they're still right there. But, I mean, especially just have to get in, take losing three out of four to the Giants. That was uh, crazy. I mean, the Giants at Dodger Stadium, by the way. So, yeah, um, you know, I think that out of the teams that are, like, below 500, I think the one that has the best chance of turning it around 
other than I'm not I'm not focusing on the NL East right now with this because again that that's a whole different like animal I feel like that division. Yeah, I'm saying I still, dude. After they prove me wrong every time, I still have faith in the Reds. Somehow, their offense is just too good, man. I don't know. Dude, Castellanos and Winker have been like unbelievable for them. And they're in fourth place. Like, how is that even possible? I feel like they did this last year, too. Like, when you look at, like, the, yeah. the underlying numbers, they're actually really good. But somehow, like, it just does not translate to wins. Somehow they just lose games. Like, and, you know, there have been some issues. Like, Luis Castillo has not been good. So, no, you know. But Sonny Great. Didn't really <laughs> yeah. work out. You got to expect him to turn it around, though. I mean, his track record speaks for itself. I, you would think. You know, but like Sonny Gray has still been good. Another guy, uh, I think Tyler Maley is his name, Tyler Mali, whatever. He's kind of stepped up and been the Castillo that we thought Castillo would be. They still have two pitchers there that are really good. So, like, it just doesn't make sense. They signed I mean, you Sean gotta, Doolittle to be their closer, and I don't think he's been good, but I don't know. It's just bro, really you even weird. got freaking Wade Miley over here throwing no hitters. And like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I will say in that division too, Milwaukee, you know, they're just a couple games over 500. They're like in third. You don't think too much of them. They're 17 and nine against over 500 teams. Right. So that's the most wins over 500 teams and the best percentage over 500. So I think they're better than they look. I agree. Um, you know, because they they were in first last month when we did this. And I, I didn't realize they were in third until uh, we were looking at it the other day. And I was like, dude, what? Yeah. Like, they've been good. And, like, St. Louis has been a lot of injuries. Their pitching hasn't been great. And they're in first. I mean, like, mm -hmm. that's weird. Plus, dude, the Cubs have kind of turned it around. But still, I think they're going to trade away some pieces. I really do. I don't yeah. know what you think about that. but No, I, I feel like we've said so many times they're just a confusing team yeah they they can even win the division i feel like they're not going to go anywhere i i feel like they should sell i think I it's going to be like, our st louis and milwaukee i agree i'm pulling for those reds though but <laughs> i agree um yeah you know what i think is interesting though that i think in my opinion i don't know how you feel but i think there are three teams that are currently in second place that could easily trade away a ton of pieces if they fall out of it by july the giants the Cubs and the Red Sox because mm. the Red Sox weren't planning on winning. The Cubs were kind of planning on winning, but kind of not. And then yeah. the Giants seemingly like half their team are going to be free agents. So like, that's interesting to me. I don't the know. The Giants are not sustainable to me. I mean, I feel like everything is broken right for them. I mean, Dawson right. might be the real deal. Um, we'll talk about I think him. He, I think he is. Yeah. yeah he's, I, I think he's legit, but the other starters have gone like above and beyond what they usually do. They have. I mean, you yeah. have Posey just like turning back the clock. Longoria, Longoria too is another person we're going to talk about a little bit later. Like he's uh, been amazing this year. And so, you know, but still like they're going to have all this money coming off the books. The smart thing to do is to trade everybody away, get a bunch of young players and make a splash. But what are you supposed to tell your fan base if you happen to be in first on July 31st? Right. I mean, you can't go back again. <laughs> I would say out yeah. of those three teams, if for if all of them were to fall off, I think the Giants should be the one to really sell. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens, though, man. It's it's really interesting because, like, you never even really want to look at the standings like a month and maybe even two months in. It's, like, not that important, really. But 
Oh, yeah. I think the biggest thing to take away from the standings is that NL East and we'll see how it ends up another month from now because it's going to be kind of crazy. Could look completely different, but yeah. in my case, hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, um, we were talking a little bit about potential trades, who's going to sell off. So if you were to look at the American league right now for any team to kind of make an upgrade in the deadline, like what, who would you say? Well, not to sound really biased or anything here, but the Yankees have a lot of issues in the center field right now. Aside from the fact that we just got swept by the Tigers, that's a, a bet in itself. But it also was announced pretty recently that Aaron Hicks is out for the season. He had, I think, arm surgery. Something happened. He had surgery. Right. Um, so now Brett Gardner has become our everyday center fielder. And, like, I love Brett. But like, dude, he's 37. Like, yeah, you love that, but it's just not not gonna work. I, we we need to put him in like positions to succeed against right-handed pitching, maybe like platoon with Clint or something. Like he cannot play center every day. And that's not a knock on him either. But like we he need just someone can't. else. Yeah, it's, no. it's so fair. I think this is a potential trade that I think would really work out, especially because we also just mentioned how Arizona dropped the fuck off. Catel Marte would fit in mm. perfectly as our center fielder. Marte is a switch hitter, so he fits the mold that Hicks fit. Because, like, in the beginning of the season, Hicks was supposed to be our three-hitter in between Stanton and Judge or whoever. Right. And then he was not playing good when he was playing to begin with, so that kind of just got, like, squashed out. But Marte has been playing great this season. He was hurt for a little while, but he's been great since he came back. He's hitting 333. He's got a 932 OPS and 17 games played. So, again, like I said, he was hurt for a little while. But um, since 2018, though, he averages a 302 batting average and an 853 OPS over 162. Um, so that's that's pretty legit. And, dude, listen to this contract that he did sign with Arizona back in 2018 after that season. It was five years, $24 million. Wow. And he also has team options for 2022 and 2023. Plus, he used to play second base. If Hicks comes back next year, makes some changes a little bit, something else, he could play the infield. So, like, I think it makes too much sense to, to not do, in my opinion. He's sneaky good. I didn't realize his numbers were that good, actually. Yeah, he was he was an all-star back in 2019, last right. real season we had. You know, he kind of had an off year last year, but again, 60 games, everybody did. So, yeah. Plus, I just think he gets lost in the shuffle over there in Arizona, um, especially because of, again, like we said, they're 15 games out. So it would make it would just make a ton of sense. Um, switch hitter. Like if Hicks wasn't going to be out for the year, I wouldn't be saying this either. But yeah. that's a whole season of Brett Gardner as your center fielder. It just can't work. So, no. you know, obviously there may be some options that you would give up less, but they're not as good as him. I think he's he's really fast. Plus, I think playing at Yankee Stadium would help him because of the short porch in right field um, mm. with the power. So I agree. I, I think he would cost a decent amount to acquire, but you guys are also all in right now. Like this is yeah. the season to win a World Series. So I, I think it, I, I think that makes a lot of sense from a payroll standpoint, versatility, bat from the injuries you guys have had. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Plus, again, like this is our window because Judge is a free agent, I think, after next year. So is Sanchez. Mm. Sanchez is like, whatever. But he is technically a free agent after next year. Tyone's a free agent after next year. You know, Chapman even might be too. So we need to win now. Oh, and yeah, this is the time. Absolutely. So 
I would pull the trigger if I was Brian Cashman here. <laughs> I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I'm what, gonna, uh, what, what AL team are you looking at? I'm going to stay in that division. I'll stay with Boston. So great offense they have right now. Pitching's like fine. They're about 11th in team ERA right now in the league. But I mean, you still, it's not the most stack rotation. Chris Sale, you think's coming back, but again, it's uncertainty, even if he does, who's going to be. So I think they go to Kansas City and they got Danny Duffy, who recently had an injury scare, but they think he'll be all right. This year, 194 ERA, 48 strikeouts or 41 innings. He's on an expiring contract. Definitely not going to keep up that pace. He's, you know, this is not who he's been over his career, but he doesn't have to be, right? He can just be an average starter for Boston. And they yeah, would take that. So, and again, too, you're not giving up too much if he's going to be on an expiring deal. You can go a step further, get Jorge Soler in that deal too. Mm. Um, he's yeah. a free agent after he's a free agent after the year, and uh, he's kind of been bad. But Fenway Green Monster can help him out, maybe. You know. Yeah. No, I, but, I think um, it, if they if they want to stay ahead with if they want to stay by Tampa Bay, I think it makes yeah. sense to bolster the rotation. Duffy has been a Royal his whole career, right, too? So that would kind of be a little right, weird. Yeah, I feel like, like he has been there forever. Yeah. I, yeah, I, like you said, I don't think he's going to keep it up, but I do think he's going to no. be serviceable the rest of the season. And Boston's pitching, again, we always talk, like, they're kind of up and down. Eovaldi has actually been pretty good. Right. And Erod has not. So Duffy could be the lefty yeah. to fill in behind uh, Eovaldi for now. And, like, Sale may be coming back at some point soon, so – that could that could be really helpful over there. Um, well, you got for a uh, National League. So National League, this like I feel like it's kind of going out on a limb here, but I think it could definitely work out. Um, like a lot of people forget that Joey Gallo used to be an infielder before he was a right fielder. Mm, so yeah. I think that Milwaukee should acquire Joey Gallo and Kyle Gibson from Texas. Um, That's a bad deal because we already talked about how. They've been great against teams above 500. Mm-hmm. I mean, Joey Gallo can play all three outfield spots. He could also play third and first. This trade, for me, has him playing an infield spot because their corner infielders this year all have an OPS below 705, which is the league average in OPS in 2021 so far. And that's Travis Shaw, Daniel Vogelbach, Luis Urias, and Keston Hira, who has been really bad. Um, he's yeah. supposed to be a big part of that lineup this year, and he just he got sent down for a while. Now he's back, but I don't think he has a hit since he's been back. Honestly, I was looking it up, and compared to them, Gallo has a 765 OPS and nine homers this year in 52 games played. And he was kind of injury plagued in uh, 2019, and like last year doesn't count. But in Gallo's wow. last two full seasons, he had 40. He averaged 41 homers and 840 OPS, 86 RBIs, and 147 games played. So mm. that, I mean, look, Joey Gallo playing in Milwaukee too would help his numbers significantly. Um, yeah. You know, picture a lineup with Lorenzo Kane, Avisal Garcia, Christian Yelich, Keston Hira maybe turns it around. And then you got Gallo playing third or something. Like, and again, if this trade happens, I'm assuming Shaw or Vogelback or Urias goes to Texas in the deal because they would need to free up some space or whatever. But yeah. That side is obviously the bigger part of this deal, but Kyle Gibson is no slouch, man. He's been really good this year. I think it's his best season since 2017 or 18, but it may not be sustainable. But his ERA so far this year, 2.24, and he has a 3.21 
fielding independent pitching. So average for that, like a good, a good number for that is like low threes, high twos. So like he's right there. Yeah. I mean, it, it suggests um, he's pretty legit. And, and that's in 10 games started. He is on the IL right now, but he's coming off the IL tomorrow actually to start. So gotcha. that would be significant. And he would not have to be the ace there like he has been in Texas this year. No. Because obviously we know Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta have been unreal for Milwaukee this year. So that means Gibson would slide in as the fourth or fifth starter. Yeah. And Milwaukee's other starters haven't even been bad this year. Hauser has a 4.07 ERA and Anderson has a 4.18, which for a four or five starter, that's serviceable. You put Gibson with a 2.24 in the four spot. I mean, that pitching staff suddenly becomes one of the best in the league, including Hayter and Williams. So again, that's a big deal. I think that would really blow them up in that division too, compared to everybody else. I think they'd be the favorite if they made that deal. Yeah. Yeah. And you could also see St. Louis making the exact same deal, by the way. Mm, I yeah. could see the Brewers doing it more because of how bad their corner infielders have been. If St. Louis did it, obviously Gallo would play the outfield instead of the corner infield. Their pitching hasn't been very good. So that pitching aspect almost makes more sense for St. Louis. But I think if Milwaukee does this, they're just on a different tier. They could even be on the level of the Dodgers and the Padres if, if that were to happen, I think. It'd be close. Yeah. What's what's Gallo's contract situation? Do we know? So Gallo is a free agent after next year. After next year, and okay, got it, got I it. I think I think Gibson is a free agent after this year or after next year. I don't know which one, but it's soon. So okay, so I don't not- know how much they'd have to give up, but you know they they may even have to give up Hauser in that deal, the that starter they have, and keep Brett Anderson because they probably prefer to get Hauser, maybe even Peralta. I don't really know, but. Again, with Woodruff and Burns, any other pitching you add is just extra. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. They're yeah. so good. So that's an interesting deal. I like that. Um, yeah. What do you got? For me, I think, I mean, the Rockies have probably been making moves. They're not going anywhere. So uh, I think they send CJ Crone to the Indians. So because Cleveland first baseman have done nothing this year. So they've had Jake Bowers and Yu Chang both batting under 200, basically no power. On the other hand, Crone has an 827 OPS in Colorado. I guess some of it due to the altitude. Yeah, it could be. But I I think, and and he has been struggling too recently. I'll say that. Um, But he's been a pretty solid, pretty like above average first baseman for most of his career. So I don't know. Indians, I was looking the other day. Their payroll's last in the league, but they're over 500. They're right in the mix despite all the guys they've sent out. Would be kind of interesting. Yeah, I think Cleveland is in second place right now, if I'm not mistaken, in that division. Um, right. I mean, obviously, their their pitching is the reason why. But um, yeah, they if they want to compete, they do need to add some offense. I don't think that that would be a bad idea, honestly, because I I didn't even remember that Crone was on the Rockies this year. I forgot what team he was on. Honestly, no, I didn't too. even remember that. Um, that would be interesting. I and I'm assuming that Crone was on a one year deal. Or something like that. Yeah, something something like that. So he should not – I don't even know. I mean, again, I don't know how much money it was, but it was probably not a lot either. Uh, It could have even been a minor league invite, you know, so that would even make the trade easier. Um, That would be interesting. I think Cleveland, yeah, like their offense – plus, Fremel Reyes just went out, like we talked about last week. Right. So 
they would kind of they kind of need like a ready bat in there for sure. Uh, I think it's just like a low risk deal for them. I mean, the Cleveland's yeah. not one to make like a splash to actually bring people in. So I, I think yeah. it's kind of their sort of brand to do something like that. I mean, yeah, dude, I could see that trade just being like a couple minor leaguers for Crone. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it could definitely be something that Cleveland would do. I mean, I'm trying to think of like trades they've done in the past kind of in like the middle of the season. Like they, they got Puig a couple of years ago. That was probably the right. biggest one they've done in a while, but he was on like a free agent after the season. So like it wasn't uh, – that's kind of like this what this trade would be. So I could definitely see them pulling the trigger there. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, and see what happens, yeah. All right, time for who's hot, who's not, who you got for hot. Well, I we mentioned it before a little bit about the Giants. Um, Evan Longoria has been really hot, man. Uh, he's hitting 391 over his past seven games, three homers, 10 RBIs, 1.2 OPS. So, you know, Longo looking like vintage Longo, man. He really is. How? <laughs> I, I, I just I, don't understand this Giants team. It's like ever since he got there, he's kind of been like declining every year. And now yeah. he's all of a sudden just like back to being what he was with the Rays. So um, that's back when he was the Yankee killer too, man. So I was very familiar right. with him back then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so good for Longo though, man. He's either playing himself into a trade or he's helping the Giants make the playoffs. So, so when, anyway, when? yeah, who you got? I'll keep in that division. Max Muncy, it was last 15 been 365, five bombs, eight RBIs, 1.162 OPS. Just reached uh, 100 career home runs the other day, too. Uh, congrats. Wow, only 100. That's crazy. Yeah, it feels like he's been around longer. But I feel like this is was wow fourth year with the Dodgers. Yeah, I guess you're right. So, still, I just feel like maybe I'm picturing all the postseason homers he's had, too, because yeah. he's had so many of those. I We always forget – Max Muncy was a dude with like the A's for a while that just never found his swing until he was in LA. Dude. So like, I think he got like released by the A's and then he signed with the Dodgers and just like went off. Bro, this scouting in LA yeah. is just different. It is. <laughs> That's he's nuts. Been, but no, he's been a killer. Yeah. Who do uh who you got for something? Well, so I got someone you're pretty familiar with because he was a part of the Cano trade. <laughs> Um, ah, yes, I'm going with a uh, stud prospect, Jared Kelnick. Um, he started out okay when he first came up, and now he's kind of slumping. So the league's adjusting to him a little bit. Um, last seven games, he's only three for 28, and that is a batting average of 107. Um, he does have a homer, three RBIs in that span, but his OPS is only 408. Um, listen, I mean, He'll be fine. Everybody knows he's going to be okay. He's a top prospect. He was a stud in the minors. I'm not worried, but I just think it's something to look at because we're going to see how he adjusts to the adjustments pitchers have made to him. And that's just basically what happens to a lot of rookies. So um, we'll see how long it takes for him to get out of this slump. Yeah, definitely rookie of the year candidate if he's going to turn around from this. Oh, yeah. But Definitely. I'm going to do a, a guy probably not expected. I didn't even know he was something this much before I looked it up. Juan Soto now, his last seven games, been three for 23, no homers, four RBIs in that span. So, I mean, we're talking about Nationals being in last place. That's, that's part of it. <laughs> that's That'd be part of it for sure. Wow. I don't think we've seen Soto go on a stretch like that, and I don't know how long. Like No, I, I feel like he's ever. pretty freaking <laughs> consistent. Yeah. Um... 
plus like last year he almost hit 400 in like the shortened season i mean like yeah that's kind of weird i don't, I don't know i mean if the nats want to do anything they definitely obviously they need him to fucking step it back up uh so yeah i mean they, they've got the pitching pieces but the offense is streaky so yeah all right so now we're gonna do a little bit what it seems or not what it seems so First guy I want to talk about is Albert Pujols, actually. So we took off the week that he got signed by the Dodgers. So we didn't really right. have to talk about that much. But um, and he's played 12 games since joining L.A. And um, the batting average isn't there. But you know that's not going to be with Albert. He's hitting 237, But three homers, 10 RBIs, and a .801 OPS since he's been in L.A. He hasn't had an OPS above 750 since 2016. So... You know, mm. it looks like maybe it's giving him some new life being on like a playoff contending team or something like that. Um, it's it's weird to see him in Dodger blue, first of all. What do you No, <laughs> it's, it's just I don't know, man. It, it definitely looks strange. Um, yeah. I will say, like pretty decent numbers. He also got robbed of a home run there and yeah. by Mike Talkman. Like great play by Talkman that would have won so, won the game, I believe. I think that was the situation. I, so I do think so. He's yeah. I he's been pretty solid since uh, I think, you know, again, you ask the Dodgers, they're going to say they're not surprised, but they're surprised, man. Like, I think yeah. everyone is surprised. The players over there, I mean, look, again, Albert's a Hall of Famer. So, like, you can't really be surprised, but, like, he's 41 years old. There was a reason why the Angels didn't really want him anymore. So, yeah, um, it's 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 nice to see Pujols doing good. I got the jersey up back there, man. I'm a big Pujols post guy. Show, so, uh, but what I'm wondering is this. Is there a chance that he's playing himself into a trade before the deadline because of how many players the Dodgers have hurt and have been coming back from injuries? Hmm. Because there are teams that could use first baseman. That's true. I guess the question is who the Dodgers would plug in for him for first base full time then if they were to well, ship him out. So I'm thinking like what I'm thinking is like Bellinger just came back who can play first, but he's probably going to play center field. But like right. they have Mun they have Muncie, they have Lux, and they have Seeger. What I'm thinking is when Seeger comes back, Lux is moving to second, and then Muncie moves to first. Most mm. likely that's what it would be if Pujols wasn't there. So I'm assuming they would rather have Muncie playing. I don't know if they would just platoon them, but I think it's possible. Yeah, the Corey injury just makes it difficult. I mean, you think he's coming back like Soon. sooner than later, Soon. two or three weeks, I think. So right, okay, okay, that's actually sooner than I than I thought. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know what? I, I could see it. I just I don't think teams would give up a lot for him now, because I because right. yeah. even you could get him and like there's no telling if he'll keep this up. You know. Yeah, and like that's what I was about to say. Like you don't really know. He his numbers could dip significantly in the next two or three weeks. Mm. Plus, a guy like Pujols, man, like I, I don't think the Dodgers want to trade him because of the revenue they're making from like his jerseys. Because obviously, a lot of people are going to buy his jerseys. He's Albert Pujols. Um, yeah. But in my head, I just feel like there are teams such as Cleveland, for example, who could use a first baseman. Pujols' numbers have been better than their first baseman. <laughs> so, yeah, you know. Um, but other, you know, like, could you even see him go back to St. Louis as a bench piece? Could they ask him that? You know, like, I don't know if he would want to do that because 
he'll probably go wherever he can get the most playing time. Obviously, I think the Dodgers would like ask him first straight up, like, will you even want to get traded or what's the deal? Because like if if Muncie and Seeger and Lux and Bellinger are all there, Albert Pujols might not have a lot of playing time. And that right. was somewhat of that was somewhat of the issue in, in Anaheim. That's why I think he wanted to leave too, because like he wasn't gonna play. Um I'm a little so, confused why he's so focused on playing. I don't know. I, not that, like, guys don't want to play. But, like, at this point, what is he, 41? Already accomplished so much. I don't know why that's, like, such a deal breaker for him, you know? But, yeah, I don't know either. I mean, you could even see, like, I guess, I think he just wants to boost his numbers still and just get as high on the Hall of Fame fair. fucking thing it can get to, which, again, like, if, if you're him, man, I, I know I would want to. But also, I, I would also – yeah. I would realize though, like you're 41, just have fun and like play when you can and just like help out the young guys too. You know what I mean? And I know mm-hmm. he wants to do that, but like, yeah, you, it's interesting too, you know, the White Sox don't really have, have room, but La Russa is the manager over there. That's true. I could see that happening. Yeah. Gotten into how the La Russa situation is beyond whatever, but like right. that may want him actually to not go there that may make him like not want to go there everything that's been happening but you never know i mean they obviously had a great relationship so uh i don't know it's interesting but i just hope he he keeps piling on these numbers man because i think i was looking at it the other day i think he's like third all time now in rbis maybe even higher up second he might be second i don't know he's not gonna get to first i think it was I don't know. It's either Aaron or Bonds who's in first right now, and he's way far off from whoever it was. But yeah, still, I mean, I just think it's it's awesome. You know, everybody has to love watching Albert Pujols play. So it's going to be a sad day when he does retire. But oh yeah, no, um, it's been a good surprise to see him bounce back a little bit. Yeah. Um, so moving on to something that's a player who you are not going to like talking about, but it's Francisco Lindor. Um, Right, man. Like it's been two months now, and he's only played forty-four games. You guys had a ton of rainouts, whatever. Yeah. But not much has changed since about a month ago. He's hitting one ninety-one, four homers, eleven RBIs, five eighty-three OPS so far this year, and that's that's not the only issue. Unfortunately, since the start of twenty twenty, that's one hundred and four games that he's played. He's averaged a two twenty-five batting average. 667 OPS. He's hit 12 homers and driven in 38 RBIs. That would put him on pace for 19 homers and 59 RBIs over 162, which is not worth the contract he got. But no. from but from 2015 to 2019, he averaged a 290 batting average, 26 homers, 77 RBIs, and an 839 OPS. So do you think the player he is right now is what it seems? No, no, I, I don't. I I wish I had some like answer of, of why. <laughs> yes, since the start of twenty twenty, like like something that he could fix or whatever. I don't know, ex- like explanation for it. I don't like it's it's yeah. The numbers are freaking odd, yo. Um, yeah, I mean, I I wish I had an answer too because I just it doesn't even make sense to me. Like, I don't know what happened. I just like I don't know if he's just in his own head too much. Like. I mean, it's possible. <laughs> I, if like coming to New York is is definitely an adjustment. Right, as, and, right. and some guys like just have trouble getting started there. I mean, you guys have seen the Yankees too before. 
But again, mm-hmm. though, yeah, too. If and then last year's odd because it's a shortened season. Right. So it's not to make excuses. I just it, it it's confusing. Like I really don't have an answer for it. But yeah, what I do know is like that's not the player he is. So. Yeah, like I I don't think so either. But like it's kind of getting to a point now where I'm like fuck like we, we would have expected him to be past it by now i think everybody yeah would have. regardless everybody thought he wasn't even going to have these struggles in new york but like after the first month it was like okay the weather's warming up um you know the mets are still fucking in first dude somehow and he is doing better. can tell you how like imagine how much it's going to help you guys though once he's actually doing good hopefully soon i mean if he plays the way he played those five years in Cleveland, it's a totally different story. So, I mean, what you just said goes for most of the team, honestly. Can you imagine if, right. like, exactly. a couple of them Lonzo, just start hitting? Conforto, yeah, man. Yeah. <sighs> Frankie, I pick just, it up, bud. <laughs> I mean, the defense is I – don't, I don't even know. I think I'm stretching at this point. The defense has been pretty good. <laughs> it has. I, I'm trying to stay patient, yeah. It's like I just – and he's, he's being, like, upbeat about it when I see him in interviews and stuff. And he understands why the New York fans are booing him, okay? Yeah. I don't think they should be, but he gets it. I and, like, he's he is saying all the right things, which I applaud him on. Because if you haven't played in New York, that's a whole different animal media-wise, too. So mm-hmm. you got to say the right things or else you're going to be on the page of the news the next day. So, you know, I – He's just he's even had the, the freaking what the squirrel incident with Jeff Dude, McNeil. It's been some season, that? let me tell you. Like, do you okay? So, based on that, I think we talked about it a little bit, but do you think that they were actually like fighting? Yeah, yeah, it seems that way. <laughs> I, I do too, just because of the way they like sprinted down there. Like, if you didn't see those like five players sprint down there, like you wouldn't have even we wouldn't have even known what happened. Because, like, uh, this happens in clubhouses. Like, you've heard players speak about it. Like, there are fights in clubhouses, but usually they're behind closed doors. If you didn't see those players sprint down there to help out whatever was happening, no one would even be talking about it. So, but that happens, so we are. And, you know, again, like, they're a double play combo. Do, uh, Do you think it was McNeil saying something about Lindor's play because he's been bad? Like, you know, I don't know, but I also think McNeil also has sucked when he was playing. So right. I don't think you should really be talking any shit. Like, I don't think either of them should have. If, if like, they were, like, who said what to who? Because you've both been sucking so bad. So, like. <laughs> Honestly, man, I, I'm glad it blew over. I was worried, like, something was going yeah. to carry on. There'd be some beef. Yeah. I mean, that was, like, a month ago. We really haven't heard anything since. So. Oh. Thank God. But I mean, yeah, to to, yeah. to the point you originally made, yeah, the New York media is going to be all over it. So yeah. it's an adjustment has to make. You know, it's Cleveland is the polar opposite. So <laughs> exact opposite. Like, yeah, so much. Um, so listen, he's here for what, 13 years? Oh, so yeah, he's not going anywhere. He has time to figure it out. Let's say he even has like a below average season this year somehow. Let's say like worst case. Yeah. I think next year, like, he's there. He's going to figure it out. He's already been in New York a year. Mm-hmm. He's off. The weird season is gone. And I just think that is the worst-case scenario. Best case, next two weeks, he goes on the tear, and he's back to his numbers. So, hopefully, that's the case. But He homered this past weekend. So. He did. I saw that. So I mean, um, 
Hoping for the best with Frankie. Yeah. Again, I think it also has affected him because of you guys getting so many fucking rainouts. Right. Because then you're not playing every day. Like, it sucks, but not to be given an excuse, but that's tough too. So, yeah, no, those you have the rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, another guy I'm going to talk about, I'm going to stay in the division. Um, Patrick Corbin for the Nationals has been pretty bad the past two seasons now. Um, since the start of 2020, Corbin has averaged a 5.45 ERA, um, only 7.7 strikeouts per nine. From 2017 to 2019, that was with two years in Arizona and then one with Nationals. He averaged a 3.48 ERA and 10 strikeouts per nine. Um, obviously, we all know that in 2019, Patrick Corbin was a huge part of the Nationals World Series team. Um, especially against the Astros in that World Series. Uh, yeah. But that also increased his workload that season. Um, it's only another 23 innings, but the fact that he pitched great in 2019 means he went deep into games a lot. Then yeah. he pitched yeah. the extra games in October. So, you know, is is he what he's seen? Is it is it what it seems when he's been playing as the past two seasons or or not? So I was curious. I looked up his FIP is like almost exactly in line with the ERA for the last two seasons. So it's not like he's getting unlucky. Like he yeah. actually has been this bad. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's weird. And, and he's still like he's 31. Like he's, re, he's right. not really getting up there. I, you know, I had to expect he turns it around. But again, yeah, like he, he's gotten the results he deserves. So, yeah, man, like his, his FIP has not it's been about that um, yeah it's just interesting because like he was kind of always up and down with arizona mm. i think he had an all-star season in like 2014 or 15 then he had a couple bad years again but then in 2017 and 18 he was very good then he was an all-star i think both seasons then he was an all-star in 2019 with the nats i'm almost positive then obviously he won the world series whatever it's just it doesn't really make sense that he's dropped off this much, in my opinion. But no. I also I think it's what it seems because of that. It's been a long time that he's been this bad, and yeah. the, the FIP is just it's not where it should be. So that, that's unfortunate. Obviously, he can turn it around, but I don't know. I mean, they're going to um, need it if they're going to get out of last place, or I mean, right. even just compete really yeah. in that division. They're going to need it too because like. Scherzer is a free agent after the season. Let's like, let's like look past this season for an example. Corbin would still be there for another five years after this season or wow. three, four maybe, but because I think his contract was seven years. So he would be there for another four. So mm. if Scherzer leaves, Strasburg has had the injury bug since that world series too. Yeah. So don't know what to expect from him. And you know, then after Corbin, it's John Lester who's a free agent after the season. Their rotation may look a lot different next year. I'll just Definitely. say that because they do have Joe Ross still, but I don't even know when he's a free agent. I think he is pretty soon as well. So, uh, yeah, he's not particularly reliable either. No. He's up and down. So, you know, I think he definitely, obviously he has the track record to turn it around, but, you know, you never know, man. With starting pitchers, they could be a little funny sometimes, and they could just drop off a cliff and never be the same. So, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll hope not for his sake. But, uh, you know, no, definitely. We'll you know, something we wanted to mention a little bit, I feel like with baseball, we cover, like, the great stuff. We got to cover the downs, too. 
So Marcelo Zuna, the other night, was arrested and charged with felony assault um, after attacking his wife um, in Georgia. So the details of the assault, like they're putting, honestly, his future in baseball in jeopardy. So baseball is going to launch an investigation that could result in significant suspension for him. And then potentially the Braves could attempt to convert his four-year $65 million contract being non-guaranteed. So, I mean, obviously two parts of this, bro. The, the really just shitty human part of it, that of just like, it's like just really sad to even read. Um, and then the lesser important part too, obviously, is how it affects the Braves going forward and how important he was to them. Yeah, you know, listen, obviously, um, the the human aspect, the the fact that he did this is way more important than the baseball aspect. Um, you know, there are some some weird details about this, too. Like, this was almost a year to the day that his wife was arrested for something towards him, like a domestic something she did to him. And then nothing really happened with it, I don't think. Maybe she was on uh, parole or something. Whatever it was, it seems like for both of them, this was very toxic. Um, and it's really sad for both instances that they had to go through this. You really hope that his wife is okay mm-hmm. because, um, you know, we all, let's face it, we've all seen Marcelo Zuna. He's a big dude. And that's really not okay that he did this to his wife. Um, it's horrible. And we really hope that everyone involved is okay. We hope that everything that happens to Ozuna is really looked at and this won't happen again because this is horrible. Like we've talked about it with Domingo Herman. We've talked about it with some other guys, unfortunately, because we would love to just talk about the great things and who's playing what and what great plays we saw, but that's just not always the case. Yeah. Um, and again, it, it does affect the Braves a lot. Um, Ozuna finished sixth in MVP voting last year. He led the NL and homers too. Um, and listen, like, again, the, the human part is the worst part, but Ozuna has been a great baseball player since he came over here, and that's just statistically a fact. He's averaged a 281 batting average, 23 homers, 80 RBIs, and an 826 OPS over 162 since his first full year. That was in 2014. So, you know, this is going to affect the Braves a lot. You yeah. wonder what's going to happen with the contract situation because it's not usually something you see right after a guy signs a contract, too. Because yeah. Like, for anyone who doesn't remember, he just signed this contract like this offseason. So it's brand new. And, um, you know, I don't know what the league is going to really do. I know everyone's going to really look into the situation, but um, it's just a really unfortunate instance, you know, and uh, yeah. I just really hope that everybody involved is okay and that um, justice does its part here. No, definitely. Couple, couple nasty pitching performances to Ken to from this last week. Tyler Glass now still doing his thing, still killing it against the Royals on the 26th. He went eight innings, three hits, two walks, no runs, 11 Ks. Uh, next day for the A's, Chris Bassett, complete game shutout versus the Angels. Uh, only put on three base runners in that too. And then yesterday, Kevin Gossman was mowing down the Dodgers. And then he left with an injury when he was fielding yeah. a ground ball. But he uh, he only only went six, but in that span he just gave up two hits, no walks, no runs. So, yeah, um, Gosman's on my fantasy team actually. So uh, 
he's been awesome. Uh, you know, that's six innings. You wish he would have gone more because his pitch count wasn't that high. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So, but still, I mean, six innings, two hits, seven strikeouts, no earned runs. It's just like, all right, that's filthy against the Dodgers. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Bassett's, Bassett's complete game shutty was pretty cool, but obviously the Angels don't have their whole lineup, not to make it less, but Trout's not there. Yeah. Rendon hasn't been good. Um, but still, shut down Otani. I uh, could do a complete game shutout. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. There's also one yesterday. We were talking about the Brewers rotation. Um, Brandon Woodruff pitched yesterday against the Nats, who have been struggling. We talked about Juan Soto, but Woodruff, seven innings, two hits, two walks, 10 strikeouts. That's been the usual for him. He's also on my fantasy team, so I've been seeing this the whole year. He's almost been better than Burns this year, and I think Burns' walk situation with, like, the no walks for a while overlooked Woodruff, but, like, yeah, he's been a stud, like, unreal. I so, agree. I feel like Burns has had the national spotlight, but yeah. Woodruff has probably been just as good, if not better. And I, I correct me, I may be wrong. I don't know if you remember. I think I picked Woodruff for the Cy Young. I don't remember though. I forget, but I think I, I might have. I don't remember the top of my head, but I would believe yeah. it. Yeah. I, I mean, feel like looking, I did. So it's looking good right now. I think I mean obviously DeGrom, if he's back, he's back and he's probably be better than Woodruff, but like Woodruff has been solid. Um and another guy, too, was Giolito. We talked about last week. He had another uh, good start this week against Baltimore. Went seven innings, yeah. only one run, struck out 12. So it looks like he's back, you know. So, streaky, streaky guy. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, he, yeah, I think he's putting it together. Yeah, so we've had some good pitching this week. And then some injury updates again to Trevor Story, placed on the I.L. with right elbow inflammation. So That's, uh, that's tough, dude, because if he's out for a while, he may not get traded. Uh, yeah let's hope it's not but right elbow inflammation too that's always a red flag for some tj so really hope not because that would suck i love watching story play so no absolutely um yeah. weird injury again too zach plesak went to attend the io after fractures <laughs> um while quote unquote aggressively ripping off jersey yeah yeah i saw that and i thought it was like a misprint or something but right. that's what terry francona said so i don't know how long he's gonna be out for i don't know if he needed surgery but i'm just I, trying to like picture like <laughs> if i ripped yeah. off my shirt how the motion i have to do to do that you know like, it, yeah i don't know <laughs> i it, it, i think back to like i don't know for lucas duda when he injures his back moving furniture Oh yeah, or, Cesp- or Cespedes. Remember Cespedes oh. when he steps in like the ditch or whatever the fuck. Never seen anything like it. No, <laughs> no. Oh, Zach Plesac a... belongs on the Mets. <laughs> he does. Yeah, that's a weird one though. Honestly, dude. Honestly, they should have just traded Plesac over instead of Carrasco because then he would have fit right in. No, I, I, yeah. I think that would have worked out much better. And <laughs> yeah. then uh, another major pitcher. This one, I mean, a little more serious. Mike Soroka will now miss the remainder of the season after an Achilles setback. So he's an injury plagued a couple of years now. Yeah, that sucks, man. I, he was supposed to come back, I think around now, if he didn't have a setback. And um, I think I'm, I'm almost positive that he had a second surgery now too. So I think that's why he's out for like the rest of the season. That sucks. I mean, you know, I, for a while it was like him and Max Fried were going to be like the guys in Atlanta. And now he's been yeah. out for like two years. So uh you know, and you know, a guy that's going to actually have to pick up some slack being stroke is not coming back is Charlie Morton. 
he's mm. kind of been worse than expected this year. And so I think like, I know he's getting up there in age too, which I, I get it, but he's a guy they signed to do one year, 15 million. He's got to pick it up a little bit, I think. So, uh, yeah, I, I well, think the expectations were higher, especially after what he was doing in Tampa. Yeah. Um, a couple others, fucking hamstrings, dude. Everyone's getting hamstring injuries. Um, Max, Max Kepler and Michael Brantley both put on the IL with hamstring injuries. Um, uh, so that sucks. Um, actually, a couple that I wanted to bring up too, some Yankees ones that did happen. So we just talked about Corey Kluber last week. Rip. He was removed from his start. He's out at least two months. Something to do with his shoulder. He can't Corey. throw it all for four weeks now, and then he's going to have to have the buildup, man. I just – after the no-hitter, this is just so uh, – it sucks, man. I really feel bad for him, too, because, you know, he doesn't choose to get hurt. Yankee fans are so annoyed about this, but it's like, look, what do you expect? You kind of could have predicted at least one injury from him this year just because of him not throwing the past two years really much. But And we were just talking about how good that rotation's been. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and then we get fucking that injury, and then we get swept in Detroit. So it's crazy how much shit can change in a week. Oh, yeah. Um, it's it's fluid, constantly yeah. changing. Also, a tough one, Luke Voigt is out with a grade two oblique strain. That sucks. Um, you know, now now that moves DJ back over to first, and Ruby will probably be the everyday second baseman now. It just sucks, man. I, uh, we're not the same team without Voigt in the lineup, plain and simple. So um, oh, yeah. that's really – that's a tough blow. But um, need the power, yeah. Because, dude, we've talked about obliques too, man. That shit, you got to be fucking careful with because oh, a yeah. lot of guys come back too soon. George Springer, for example, hasn't even been back since he re-injured his fucking oblique. So, yeah, um, that's just a, tough. Um, one one positive though, I want to bring up quick is Key Brian Hayes is coming back, so mm -hmm. can't wait to watch him play again um, for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Obviously, there's not much to talk about with the Pirates, but he's <laughs> awesome. So. He's going to be really exciting to watch when he gets back. It'll be a bright spot, definitely, to see him. Yeah, yeah. All right, so stat of the week, a weird one. I didn't know this happened until, like, five minutes ago. So, Rich Hill, the other day, at 41 years old and 75 days, through 13 Ks in a game. He That's the oldest pitcher to do that since Randy Ever? Johnson. Oh. Since Randy Johnson, 2008, okay. who was 44. So... Oh. I, I got to be honest, I didn't know Rich Hill was pitching right now, but I just f stumbled upon this stat, and at 41, he's still killing it. He's on the Tampa Bay Rays now, obviously. That sounds like the be team. Pitching? Right. That sounds like the team he would bounce back on. Yeah. Um, funny thing, though, I, I didn't – I forgot Randy Johnson pitched as long as he did, too. He was 44. When did he retire? When he was probably, like, 46. I it was like Bartolo, dude. <laughs> he was he was just under 45 when he threw that the 13K game. Wow. Damn. Man, that's that's why he's a Hall of Famer, man. Randy Johnson. But um hey, Rich Hill, a great, great dude, too, by the way, because not too long ago he was playing for the Long Island Ducks. Bro. So. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> that's the uh Atlantic League team. For anyone who's not familiar, it's uh up north over here. So um that was only about four or five years ago. So, and then he uh, went to – was he on Oakland at one point too? He was on Oakland. He was on Boston. And he was on L.A., at, obviously, and Minnesota last year. But, gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, he's been bouncing around. But, again, it doesn't surprise me that he ended up with the race. So. No, that, that sounds exactly right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, that wraps up for us. We'll be back next week and take it easy. Yep. See you guys.